Hey everybody, this is Chad. I uh, just want to start the show off with some quick... I'm not going to give you the whole dates. I'm not going to break it down. I know that takes too long. I know it's boring. However, here are some cities. How about I do that? Irvine, California, Albany, New York, Buffalo, New York, Sacramento, San Francisco, Virginia Beach, Raleigh, North Carolina, Appleton, Wisconsin, Madison, Indianapolis, Indiana, Atlanta, Georgia, and Portland. Oh my God, the year just went as fast as the summer did. That was pretty impressive, I know. Lastly, this episode, uh, so I couldn't be here this week, so I asked my former agent, Hillary, to be on the show, and she has some really great stories, but I'm giving you a sappy alert. There is some sap in this. You're just going to have to fight through it. I hope you guys enjoy it. Take care of yourselves. Hey everybody, this is Chad Daniels and you have landed in the middle of somewhere. Hello, thanks for coming back. And guess speaking of back, we are back on Monday mornings. We threw a little curveball there last week with a Tuesday episode with Kevin Bozeman. And uh, God damn it, I laughed. And I researched that NFL, uh, the uh, study that they did for the NFL, and it is honestly mind-blowing. So if you haven't, if you want some reading, if you're taking a shit in the morning or whatever you do, it doesn't matter. But that's, you could absolutely do that. Um, I have another uh, guest today, very special guest for me. I'm very excited she agreed to do this. Um, if you have seen me tour, if you've seen me do stand up in the last three years or so, I'm going to say, um, she had uh, everything to do with it because she booked the shows. So she was the one that got me into new markets. She was the one that uh, kind of set up my schedule and, and, and pushed me into some clubs that I, I wasn't getting into. And so if, if you were like, hey, it's your first time here. I can't believe you finally made it. Um, she deserves the credit for that. Uh, it is uh, my former agent and still friend, Hillary Robbie. Hello. Hi, how are you? I'm doing all right. How are you, Jeff? <laughs> well, I'm always wonderful. Did you want to do another take on that NFL intro? Uh-uh, because I couldn't remember the word study. Um, no, I'm just saying it wasn't your best work. If we're going back into like client agent mode, I've seen, <laughs> I've seen better and I've heard better as a listener of the show. And I think maybe after the fact, people won't be able to hear how poorly you did because we will have re-recorded it. I, I'm not, I refuse to re-record uh, re it now. I won't you do it. re-record you saying re-record? Whew. Anyways, uh, 39 minutes left, huh? Uh, I'm just teasing. It's great to see you and a lot has changed. Yes. Uh, so in in our in our relationship together, we went from agent, client, to friends within that business relationship, and yeah. then now we are no longer agent client, but still friends. That's a pretty apt description of of sort of the development of our relationship. Yeah, I think. Thank I think you. Became, and, 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 I think we became friends pretty quickly. Whether that was a good thing or not for the professional part, but I think you became <laughs> yeah. a buddy pretty soon after. Oh, I, I, th I think so. Cause when I work with people, I have to appreciate them as humans or I can't do it. I mean, I think you've probably seen that for me before where it's, I just shut it down pretty quickly. So, um, I'm excited to do this. The first time, uh, we ever met, I was, we had talked on the phone. I was in Tacoma, Washington. Yes. And we, we talked on the phone 
And I was blown away because I would say something and you were like, oh, that reminds me of this bit off of, uh, you know, one of your out of the footprints on the moon or whatever it was. And I was just like, oh, shit, an agent has listened to my stuff. Now, I know since then that that's a trick. It's a trick that agents do. I don't know if it's a trick that agents do. It's a it's a. I would say I prepared for the meeting I had. Sure. By actually yeah, that makes listening sense. to your material, I think you know. I think that's a, a fair thing to do. If I didn't right. know any of your material, and I was like, "Listen, man, I'm gonna, I'm gonna book you to the moon. You're gonna do it, you and Bezos." <laughs> well, I'll tell you, hook, line, and sinker. Because I got off the phone and I was like, "Oh man!" Because I talked to someone. I can't remember if they were right before you or right after you, but it was snooze fest city. And I could not even, I could, I mean, that guy may as well have fucking called me Charles. He was so disconnected. Like I'm a big fan of Charles Daniels. Like, well, good. I have no idea who that is, but. That's Charlie Daniels, but that's what his, his dad calls him. Oh, I'm so furious that I didn't even put that <laughs> together. Holy shit. This I is going to be a long episode because of me. Are you, do you want some caffeine or? I don't. I'm, I'm actually, I'm actually just excited because I haven't, I mean, we've spoken on the phone during lockdown and all that stuff, but I haven't really, we haven't FaceTimed. I haven't really seen you. Well, we because, FaceTimed just before this. Yeah. You got to see my son and my husband, Max, and that was really cool. But because of your debilitating body dysmorphia, the one time we did FaceTime, oh. uh, to see my son, you show me your Netflix home screen instead of your face. Yeah, you know, there's just times where I just don't feel like having people see me. And so <laughs> that's just one of those things. But uh, it was lovely to see Max, yeah. lovely to see your son. Um, man, he is growing up and walking now. He's a pandemic baby. We, um, I, I gave birth during the apex of COVID. So he's yeah. pretty much, he's a month shy of, how long COVID's been happening. And that that's is, just, it's crazy. And he's old. The pandemic has been happening for that long. He's 16. Yeah. I, I mean, I remember thinking like, oh, she's, how do you have a baby when the hospital beds are filled with uh, COVID patients or for some of the listeners, uh, flu patients. Hmm. And so I just, I, I had no idea how you're going to do it, but you did. And here he is. And he's like walking around and I can't wait because I know the steps. I have two kids, obviously, you know that. But I, I know the steps of what's happening. So they start to walk. They start to talk. They start to put the full roll of toilet paper. They just set it on the empty roll of toilet paper that's still on the little springy thing. Um, you have a lot of stuff ahead of you, and I'm excited for you. Um, right now, we're at the stage where we unravel the, t the entire toilet paper. <laughs> like he's reading a scroll. Hear ye, hear ye. And yeah. just except he doesn't put away the scroll when he's done proclaiming mm -hmm. from it so it's it's just it's really like a one-sided thing and uh mm -hmm. that that's where we're at in terms of our toilet paper interactions with him every time i hear the the word scroll i think there's there's no secret ingredient and that of course is from kung fu panda i have still yet to see kung fu panda which i know is your favorite film are you out of your fucking mind you pretended to know my jokes and you haven't even seen my favorite movie? I actually knew your jokes. I know you did. And I still haven't seen your favorite movie. Well, let's talk about the first time we met. Yes. So so we're on the phone. Uh, I am swept off my feet. 
by the conversation we have. And then I go to my friend uh, Andrew's wedding. Andrew Short is a comedian, he band, musician, all sorts of things, podcaster. And I go to his wedding in Buffalo, New York. And then from there, I come back down to New York and I meet you at, was it UBC? Was it Whiplash? UCB Bank, UCB, yeah. It was at what did I say? What did I say? UBC? Is that what I said? But who's the I know it's Upright Citizens Brigade, but my brain didn't put it together. I'll have everyone know that this is how much, how little I care about comedy is I'll just throw out three letters and hope they're right. They were right. Okay. They were just in the wrong way. Yeah. So, so, so we met at uh, a Whiplash, Jeremy okay. Levenbach show. Yeah. He's fantastic. He shows his butt a lot. Yeah. And, uh, so even before that, before rewinding behind that whole thing, because I had heard your name uh, throughout like the comedy community for maybe about six or seven months prior to us talking. And at that okay. point, I think you probably still had a manager. Um, and I don't know if you, had, I don't think you had an agent, but they were sort of functioning as both. Correct. And um, that spring, I think you had parted ways with them. Um, uh-huh. And so... I always sort of asked the club bookers and people that I thought had good taste what their, you know, who's your go-to? Who's the person sure. I haven't heard of that, you know, is awesome. And I kept hearing the name Chad Daniels. And uh, I remember Ryan Bitzer from uh, your record label, 800 Pound Gorilla. I believe yeah. They're also involved in this podcast now. Yes, correct. Um coming into my office and he kept saying how great you were performing on Pandora. And I was like, yeah, that's awesome. But I would, I would never work with somebody named Chad. <laughs> and then you're like, yeah, he's 43. How have I never heard of him? This sounds <laughs> well, like a trick. Was, I mean, I think you were one of those guys who was a comics comic and was very much, you know, beloved within the community, but in terms of the industry awareness and like, that's my fault that I didn't know. Not, not yours. No, I mean, listen, I, I like to throw it back. We talked about a manager that I had that was working as my agent and my manager. And every time I'd ask to go to a festival, he'd go, hey, they got enough middle-aged white guys. Now let's get you back to St. Louis. <laughs> and uh, and that, that's what he would do. And then i go, hey, I'm performing pretty well in Pandora in St. Louis. I was wondering if there's a way we could ask for just a little more money. And he goes, Somebody, uh, five people buying your album in St. Louis doesn't translate to more money. And I just went, I think this is when, this is when I have to not have a manager. That manager. Now you have a great that, manager. That manager, correct. Yes. Now I do. Yes. That's right. But yeah, I mean that also, I, I, I should send him a gift basket because he made my job when I started as your agent so goddamn easy. <laughs> Because he left so much money on the table just by way of like not trying at all. (laughs) So like no matter what I did, I was going to look at least very good. That was like kind of the baseline of where we were going to be. Every single time we talked on the phone, I'd hang up and go, what the fuck? (laughs) This cannot be right. I would just look at my schedule and be like, 
I can I can drive if I want to. I mean, like you always looked at every location. You would send me flights and, and oh, I thought you ideas. were saying when you got off the phone with your old manager, you would be like, "What the fuck?" Oh no! When no, I got no, off with you, me. I was just like, "This is insane." I didn't know this is how it worked. That's like, crazy because no, I feel like this is a a very inside baseball episode. But well, people fine. are going to have to deal with it because it's going to be uh, your episode is airing, and then I have a two parter with my mom coming out, and I'm going to tell you something. It's going to almost feel like uh, making a murder. I making a comedian yeah it's going to be ridiculous um but i but i don't care because i want to have you two on so uh yeah and then here's here's what blew me away <clears throat> so we decided I, I, that i wanted to record dad channels right and so we go and we, you guys figure it out i i'm going to tell you something i don't know who did what so if i misspeak I am sorry, but I'm just, I'm just going to say you guys, you guys went and planned everything. And here's what I remember. I remember not having any stress. I remember my kids coming. If anyone has seen dad Chan, as my kids come out at the end and it was an absolute blast because the crowd cheered louder for them than they did for me, which is totally fine. And I accept that, but I remember how everyone treated them. And I know it was because just of how everything was set up. So everyone was treating my kids. They had press passes or I don't even think it was press pass, like backstage passes, whatever it was. And uh, I just almost started doing an old joke of mine. Oh, they had press passes. I rolled the podium out. Um, so they had backstage passes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and then they, uh, at the end of it all, on Father's Day, I was putting them in the Uber to go back to the airport and my daughter rolls the window, the back window down. She goes, hey, dad, I just got to ask you something. Are you famous? Because it was nuts. I mean, it was such a cool production. At one point, they saw me signing a stack of posters. Um, you had hats made that had the Colorado flag. So it's a C, but you made CD and it had the date on the back. Oh, I incepted you with that idea. So I, I, already, I already sent the hats to print as a gift yeah. um <laughs> and uh for all the crew and just you know people were really operating for the production on not favors they were paid properly but i mean right. you know it was it was definitely a uh, a put together production of, of a lot of like scrappy grassroots yeah. uh, team and so i had these hats made but I didn't, I wasn't sure if you were going to like the logo. So I suggested as an idea for the poster and got you to feel like you had come up with the idea. <laughs> and so when you saw the hat. <laughs> oh, I know you did. I felt, I, fe I was just looking at it and I was like, oh, I've been had. Cause I also, I tend to wear a lot of hats, like literally not both as an agent and human but just physically i wear hats and that yes, was correct. like the one day that i wasn't wearing a hat was the production day because i hadn't put on the cd hat yet yeah and you were like i, re I remember i remember because i even commented on your hair i was like what the fuck's going on here but anyway the first time we met was at ucb also yep. known as ubc and at it was both Midlash. either way uh-huh and uh, you come down the stairs because it was still their original basement location. And I'm having a conversation with a, um, 
a fairly well-known comedian, but somebody who was telling me about an incredibly personal, incredibly sad and tragic moment in their life um, (laughs) involving suicide. Um, And Chad just saunters up to introduce himself because that's what you do when you're going to meet somebody for the first time. Like, why would he ever know? And I had to like, look at him in the face and just be like, hey man, I'll talk to you in a second. And I felt like the biggest jerk because there's no way that I was going to interrupt this this guy pouring his oh, heart of course. out of course. about something deeply personal. But then like you disappeared into the green room and I was like, well, I blew that. <laughs> <laughs> but then the next day you showed up like 45 minutes late to breakfast. And so yeah, that sounds that sounds. So like I, at that point, I was like, "All right, we're even. We're, we can start on on uh, <laughs> even footing at this point." To be so for breakfast though, you sent me the name of the place, and I just went to the wrong location. True, I did send you the address. I I, I bet you did, and I still I, when I mapped it out, I'm, I just probably picked the first one that came up, that's and uh, boy, did I feel dumb. Well, that's just how running, I felt. Running well. Yeah. I didn't care because that's how comedians talk to one another. They're like, dude, give me a minute. I'm like, all right. I didn't even think twice about it. I did. Oh, I'm sure you did. I did. I thought about it every day. Well, I don't know if you've thought about uh, our special guest lately as a listener, but um, I have a question for you. Oh, God. Are you ready for Monday Fun Day? Hey, everybody, it's News in the Morning. We are live. Absolutely live. I don't know if you know this. We got syndicated all the way from Minnesota where there's a lot of snow, duh, down to Virginia where there might be a finger in you. Come on now. Hey, guys, that was Yeah by Usher. If Usher would have seen the strippers I'd seen dancing to this song, he would have called it No. Hey, guys, we got Hillary Robbie in the hot seat. Hey, Hill, if I can call you that. Have you ever been on a safari? Thanks, Moose. It's so nice to be here with you. <laughs> I really, really enjoy your content. I know it's the worst. Actually, <laughs> I kind of like up until this moment, I've quite enjoyed Moose. <laughs> <laughs> up until this very second where he introduced me talking about myself, I was a fan. I have to tell you so I did Moose in the morning for the first time two weeks ago. It, it had been a while. And uh, holy shit, I got messages that were just like, FYI, did not miss Moose. <laughs> I mean, just a whole a whole bunch of them. So I understand. But I thought since you listened to the show, I thought it would be funny to do it. Um, all right. I, but I do want to hear this story. Uh, I want to tell you this story, Moose. It involves uh, – Are we? T- am I talking to Moose again? Chad's back. Chad's back. Chad's back. I'm back. I'm live. Um, it was around – five years ago. And I mean, like most of this conversation that we've been having is about, you know, our relationship and sort of right. professional stuff. But this is, I actually brought a story to this. I brought I, nice. know, a pretty And, and we're going to, we're going to go back to personal stuff too, but you did send me two stories and I, I would like, I'm excited to hear. Well, them. as a fan of the podcast, I know, yeah. I know how it goes. And so I wanted to, I wanted to be a, a participant. And Absolutely. I, 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 most people I think bring three stories I don't have that heat. I got two. (laughs) So anyway, back to the safari. Uh, About five years ago, my husband and I and another couple, we went on this amazing trip to South Africa. Trip of a lifetime. Um, Okay. 
and we like we did it in style we went to this elephant sanctuary where i i don't know if you know uh south african liqueurs but they're famous i don't oh you don't (laughs) their famous export is this um liqueur that's kind of like bailey's or kalua called amarula and i literally rode the elephant that is on the label Oh, for real? Star of the the Amarula brand, like brand ambassador, the elephant. His name is Sabakwe, and he's giant. And I sat on him and rode him around and saw rhinos and shit. It was that's awesome. crazy. I pet a cheetah that was alive. Uh, we saw time, 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 time. Are you supposed to pet cheetahs? Probably not, but they told I me I could, and his name was Crunchy, and it seemed legit at the time. Interesting. I have a cheetah on my left shoulder, Chester cheetah, Herschel Walker jersey when he played for the Eagles. This one was uh, not a mistake. I <laughs> I actually really enjoyed the experience. That it, a, a lot rougher fur. <laughs> yeah, you know? I would bet so. I would bet. <laughs> but so, I mean, like, it was crazy. We got to see this. I mean, like, those things are not exactly, they're kind of like Tiger King-esque and actually the animals, sure. the elephant sanctuary, um, phased out the riding of the elephants they were kind of on that last leg because all of them were trained to be ridden and so like now they're not doing it anymore um i saw a white rhino and now they're extinct that's that is fucking crazy and uh we got to the the, sorry the last person that i talked to that saw something that was extinct was like a hundred years old and the fact that you've seen a white rhino, that's within my lifetime because you're younger, Five much younger than I. Five years ago. I'm not that's, much young. I'm younger. You're right. But you are much younger, I think. Okay, have you ever seen, question, have you ever seen an elephant get up at the circus where they have to kick their higher legs to get yes. the propulsion? That's how I get off the couch now. It's been a tough <laughs> lockdown. I don't want to talk about it. Uh, uh, I sent you a photo from my safari of two elephants having a good time well probably one elephant was having sex. a good time the other they were doing sex they were doing the sex yeah they were doing sex you can um, say that on the podcast i say I the f word all the time i yeah. saw a lot of animal penises a lot of, a lot of humping N- not so much the humping just the elephants but i saw a lot of animal penises pretty much there was a time lion zebra rhino giraffe whole whole slew hyena you saw hyena dick i did I, yeah, I that's think, almost I extinct. Think have, I think we kept a, a, a shared album, actually, specifically of this content. That's sort of like the <laughs> level that we were five years ago, and also probably today. If I went back today, I might do it again. I don't know. I think it's so funny. You guys had a bingo boner card. That's pretty fantastic. Um, also, Max, my husband, spat uh, impala poop. Like, put it in his mouth and spat it, but spit it out, because that's a game that they play in South Africa or the guide told him and he what listened. The fuck do they not have an inflatable ball in South Africa? Kick Actually, the fucking thing around. You're putting in shit in your mouth? No, they don't, Chad. To donate to South well, Africa. To get out of here right now. somewhere. Get out of here right now. <laughs> I honestly though, I'm going to tell the uh Wiener High Five twins that that's a real game except dog. It's a real game. But that's not fair. You got to go deer because that's tiny. I know. They're, they're little pellets. And I, I, I will say this. I, I'm not going to bring this up because this is your episode. I don't want to hijack it. But Wiener High Five Twins and their sister were just here at the cabin. And it was the most glorious time 
I have had with these children. I, I really went in, I did some reading on some stuff and I wanted to make sure that I knew how I was talking to each individual personality and it went absolutely perfectly in my opinion. I Kids had fun. about it. Nobody was yelling. I didn't get called a motherfucker. It was really, really great. So um, I did want just, you know, I, I joke about them a lot, but I had as an uncle, it was such a fantastic time with those kids. So great. And I can't wait till they come back. And that's honest truth. Okay. So that was really back, nice. Back to the safari. That was way nicer than my animal penis segment. <laughs> I guess they are the wiener high five twins. That's true. I don't know. Maybe I've told this story on here before, but Isaac and I went to the Columbus Zoo because Jack Hanna was having his 30th anniversary there and I did a show for him. I have heard this story. I don't know if the podcast listeners have. Yeah, I'm not sure either. But all I remember is um, we saw an adolescent elephant and its dick was dragging in the dirt. I did not hear this story already. Okay. I I heard about a penguin, I think. No, cause yeah, I mean, we got we got the backstage pass to go see all the animals. So all the animals he used to bring on Letterman, we got to go in and pet them, and we got to have like uh, these big. Uh, we got to have snow leopard babies crawl around on our head. That's the same. It was nuts. And then we went into this pen, and we saw this adolescent elephant, and it had it was dragging its dick in the sand, and so Isaac is just kind of sitting there. He's just going. Hey, what's up? You know, he's, he's a lot younger at this time and uh, just kind of being a cool teenager, being quiet. We get to feed manatees. It was such a great time. And then I get in the car and I go, were you kind of quiet? Did you have fun? He goes, yeah, I had fun. And I go, well, how come you were so quiet? And he just turns, he goes, did you see the size of that elephant's dick? (laughs) It was so fantastic. He couldn't even concentrate on handing a manatee lettuce. (laughs) <laughs> because of the size of that dick. He couldn't get out of his head. Neither could I, to be honest. It was cr- the craziest thing I've ever seen. I'm going to send you some zebra photos after that. I this. can't wait. We're going to be on a list somewhere. I can't wait. Um, <laughs> anyway, so <laughs> the trip was great, mostly because of, of all the dick. But other than that, it was like truly was like a life-changing thing. We were in this amazing house with a all glass wall overlooking sort of this valley there was one morning where i was like putting on my tiva and i just see a leopard like 15 feet away and i'm just throwing the tiva out of excitement yelling leopard like just so so psyched were you behind the glass wall or were you yeah, out yeah, on we a deck? Oh, thank God. Okay. So okay the okay, house gotcha. was a, a wall of windows. And then there was sort of like a little bit of a ravine. And then, you know, there was a rocky outcropping and a leopard was just hanging out there 15 That's feet insane. away from our house. And it's just That's like, insane. just seeing the animals like that in the wild was so cool. And um, on our last night on safari, you, you go on these game trails early at night, early in the morning, then like in the mid afternoon and then you'll go in the evening and then you'll have what's called a sunsetter out in the savannah you know you'll drink some wine you'll have um you know uh like a cheese plate it's just real nice bougie stuff sure and you'll you know you can see the sunset and, and different um this is after your game trail so we were doing that but our last night um our gut our guide ross he um he was like, oh, I can uh, I can tell you guys about the constellations. We'll stay out late. We'll watch oh, cool. the sky. I'll point and like, we'll just do 
we'll just enjoy the evening together. And so it's mm -hmm. the four of us, our guide Ross and his like spotter tracker Rennick. And we're out in the middle of nowhere. It's beautiful. You can see every single star that has ever sure. been. But all <laughs> the constellations are upside down because you're in the Southern Hemisphere. Oh, So it's yeah. like kind of disarming. And he's pointing out all of their shapes and like sort of telling you stories in his South African accent, which is delightful. And, um, you know, it just sort of seemed like a perfect time, allegedly, to maybe uh, smoke some weed. And so, you know, if you did, that would be like a good thing you could do. Like sure. at that time, yeah. that would be like a cool thing that you could do. And well, let me so, tell you something. If I ever meet a guy named Rennick, I'm smoking weed immediately. He didn't smoke weed with us. No, actually, neither of them, neither the tracker or our guide were actually aware that we allegedly maybe did. Oh, um, okay. And they were not a party to it. So be very okay. clear. Uh, <laughs> and, and they, I don't think I still don't, I'm not sure if they both know that it happened. Uh, Ross definitely does, but did not at the time. So we're okay. allegedly not doing that, but also yes, sure. we were. And, um, you know, we're out, it's completely dark out. It's beautiful. And then we're going to head back to the resort and, uh, Ross gets a call over the radio from one of the other cars that was heading back that they saw a leopard in a tree eating an impala. And I'm sorry, know, eating an impala in a tree. Yeah, had dragged an impala up into a tree. An impala, the like, like the deer, deer with the longer horns. A massive deer. Yeah. They drag it up a tree. Yeah. And we're and hold on for a second. I I know you're saying the words. A leopard. A le a leopard cat a cat leopard. Meow. Dra took a, an impala a deer with bigger horns and dr and dragged climbed a tree with it yes all of that is accurate that's what i'm saying. i don't understand this okay but i'm i believe you but it just doesn't make sense to me i have photo evidence oh I'm, again i believe you i'm just trying to picture like how that could even happen physics of it yeah i think they're like pretty pretty strong well I, yeah i guess so I think they're pretty pretty strong okay um <laughs> So we, uh, he turns to us, he's like, you guys want to go check it out? And we're like, uh, yeah, absolutely we do. That's something we absolutely want to see. Uh, so we drive in our Jeep and picture this. It's kind of like the Indiana Jones ride at Disney. And then okay. it's an open air um, car. It's a massive Jeep with sort of like a roll cage, but there's no doors. Like you climb over and it's completely right. open on all sides. And so it, it's, it's big. It feels... Uh, it feels significant, but you're kind of exposed to mm -hmm. the elements in, in all ways. And so sure. we drive through the dark and we pull up to this riverbed and it's the dry season. So it's completely drains and it's about a 15 foot drop down to okay. the base of the waterbed and then or the riverbed on the other side, there's a huge tree. And in that tree is a leopard that has dragged an impala Chad, from earlier. You remember that? I, I know I do. It's eating. just crazy. And then there is another leopard on the ground who actually oh. had killed that impala and then had it stolen from him by the, or her, by the tree leopard. Oh. We got two leopards. We got one really pissed leopard on the ground that went through all the trouble of, of catching dinner. And then the leopard that said, fuck you, and stole it and dragged it up a tree and was hoarding it. And was eating it. and 
And can I recap the story quickly? Yeah. So there is a leopard with an impala in a tree. This impala does not belong to that leopard. It belongs to the leopard that's on the ground that, and you are in a Jeep that doesn't have doors and windows. Yes. And I'm assuming this leopard on the ground is still very hungry because it didn't get to eat the impala. Yeah, it didn't eat that impala that's now in the tree. And then you guys have allegedly smoked marijuana, which has a tendency to raise anxiety. Is this true? That is also allegedly accurate. God damn. All right. So that's the scene. Hey, can we add to it? Yeah, please do. Okay. So just as Ross and Rennick suggest, let's get a closer look. Uh, we see a pack of five hyenas. Nope. I'm heading out. towards the tree. And of course we say, yep, let's go. So we pull up to this one part of the riverbed where uh, it's too steep. There's no way we're getting down. So we, we back up, we pull into this other area and Rennick gets out of the car. He's like looking, Ross is like flashing the, the headlights and the spotlight. He's like, yeah, no, I think we can do that. And, you know, we're in the back, like that seems, seems pretty steep, seems pretty. It's a lot of brush we'd have to get through. Uh, and like, uh, no one's really speaking up. So we're just going along with it. Because apparently, according to Ross, it would take like 15 minutes to drive around to get to a safe crossing. And I say safe crossing intentionally because this was definitely not safe. So we oh head straight down the side of this riverbank, the dry riverbank. And it's maybe... You know when you're on a roller coaster and your stomach, well, this, this is a sensitive topic for you. You know when somebody else is on a roller coaster <laughs> and their stomach touches the bar and you feel like because of the angle that you're leaning, yeah, you just like, you're like something's about to happen. I We are all leaning forward onto the bar, like the, the like stable bar in front of us like, holy shit, we are just going, what feels like straight down. I mean, it was maybe like a, like, I don't even know how steep it was, but it felt intense and not allegedly smoking something intense. Actually, like this was a steep, sure. like steep descent. Okay. And we get right to the bottom. We hop over this log and boom, the headlights go out. Get the fuck out of here 100 real this happened two leopards one very upset five five hyenas and we are at the bottom of a riverbank with no headlights Mm-mm. trapped on a log you're stuck on the log we are stuck on the log chat oh i didn't even know that i was freaking out before i knew you were stuck on the log i thought your lights just went out uh the lights go out they ain't coming back both of the guys get out of the car and we're just sitting there. We'll get to how we're feeling in a second. We're sitting there. Guys get out of the car. They're like trying to like reconnect the lights, something. Yeah. It's not happening. They get back in. They still think, I, for, for some reason, I think they still think we're going up the other side and we're going to go hang out with the leopard. Okay. Even without, I think that's sort of where their heads were at at this mm-hmm. point. Uh, my head was... Um, spinning out into every direction of realizing that I was going to be eaten alive in South Africa. That's where my head was. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't even there and I'm, I'm my test, my, my test, 
my chest is a little tight because this is, I mean, and your tests. Yeah. I'll, yes. I'll, I'll go shark tank on you. Uh, there is, uh, a leopard in the tree. Yeah. It's eating an impala. It doesn't belong to it. There's one now that can easily jump just right into the Jeep. There's also five hyenas and the hyenas were the animals that followed Scar and Lion King and they did a bunch of despicable shit. They don't care about anybody. And now you're stuck on a log with no lights. Also, you had smoked marijuana. And for this reason, I'm out. Uh, one correction, sir. Allegedly. Allegedly. Yes, you're right. Yeah. Uh, I would be out too if I were you. If I were me, I would have been out too. So we're backing up over this log pulling forward over this log, backing up, pulling forward, not going anywhere. It felt like eternity. Mm -hmm. uh, and also they had a gun. It was still in the bag. Like nobody thought like, maybe I should get the gun out of the bag. Not that it would have really done anything. Like we were probably, if, if things went south, things would have probably just gone real south. But at, at any point at this time, you're going back and forth over the log. Are, is anyone saying, Hey, this feels like 15 minutes, which is the exact amount of time it would have taken to get to the safe crossing. Uh, everyone is saying absolutely nothing because we are all petrified. And, yeah, um, that makes sense. and in fact, we finally got over the log, went back up the side that we came from, as we should have never come down. In the first <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and nobody said a goddamn word until we were like within eye shot of the resort, which by the way, was like 20 minutes away. And so if you remember all the cars that had gone back while we were watching the stars, yeah, that's how long it would have taken them to come rescue us if we had needed oh to call God. for it. It was the most insane thing that has ever happened. But the hilarious thing was the next morning or like before, right before we left, we went on one last game trail and we got to go back to that tree and that leopard was still in the tree, but so much fatter. And then I was like <laughs> mostly gone, <laughs> but there was a noticeable change in, in his physique. It was like, Oh, that's really funny. Like it wasn't the shape of an Impala, like a cartoon, like snake that had eaten like a shoe and it looks like a shoe and like, no, but, this is a fat leopard now. Like he was good for a couple of weeks, but that was just, I mean, that aside of like the most terrifying, you know, 25 minutes ever. Uh, yeah. It true. Like I highly recommend Safari. No, no fucking way. I, I have, I've bit through my pinky nail. I think <laughs> that I'm, listen, I don't get, I'm not like a get scared in situations, but it's, that was so intense. Only because it's like now it feels like you're getting surrounded by the hyenas. And then the big thing that was the leopard on the ground that's hungry and pissed off. Yeah, I'm not into it. Also, I didn't realize how big hyenas are. They're huge. They're like, I didn't know that. They're like lion sized and taller. What in the world? You like. I didn't know that. I thought they were smaller. The Lion King really got them. No, they're big. They are huh. big and well, kind of cute, honestly, when you no. don't picture them, you know, eating you. Um, Can you move on, Moose? We'll be right back. 
everybody, it's Moose in the Morning. Good to be back. Hey, it's a live time. It's drive time. It's Monday, fun day. You were just listening to Toxic by Britney Spears. First song I ever heard about leaving your tampon in too long. Am I right, ladies? Hey, we got Hillary Robbie in the hot seat. Just told a, an amazing, terrifying story about a safari. Hey, let me ask you this. Have you ever messed with somebody's phone? Oh, my God, Moose. You are prescient. Like, I don't know how to It's do a it. gift. Oh, my God. It's a gift. I got a magic eight ball. Then I got a white eight ball in my pocket. It's a gift. All right. That was pretty, that was pretty good. Clever. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, it sure was. Here's the moments where I appreciate it. <laughs> just time out, I have to say. <laughs> when I do moose in the morning, it's like Dunham with his puppets. It's like I can say whatever I want, and it's so gross and unacceptable. But then if someone's like, I can't believe you said it, it's like, I didn't. I would never say that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, I I did want to tell you a story about playing a prank on somebody's phone. I I don't know how you knew that. All right, we'll figure that out in post. Justin, you got it? Uh, actually, Chad, uh, Chad, can I speak to Chad again? Chad here, yeah. Okay, great. Uh, you actually kind of witnessed the evolution of this story. In the, I know, and it's, it's fantastic. In the best way. Yeah. Um, it was around the summer of 2017. It was the summer of 2017. <laughs> and um, I thought it would be really funny to change my husband's phone. So when he typed the word mom, his phone would type Gumplefart. Yes. G-U-M-P-L-E-F-A-R-T. Gumplefart. Now, it's a harmless prank. It's silly. You know, uh, I figured like it didn't risk any work fallout. Like he's yep. not going to type something like an email to somebody important and write mom or, or be unlikely. And I figured he would figure it out in a couple of weeks and I would get like a ha ha from him and it would be over. But it was just something funny that I did. And then Chad, I waited six months for this yeah. man to write the word mom in his phone. I sat and I waited for this prank to pay off. And Long con. It wasn't supposed to be, though. I thought it was going right. to be pretty straightforward. And so then in December of 2017, right around when we were starting to become, like, friends, yep. uh, I get a text from him. Oh, my God. Like, look at what my phone did. Like, this is so weird. Look at this autocorrect. And... Um, <laughs> I just, I was just shocked that he didn't realize that it was a prank or that like I had done it. But, but that aside, I thought it was hilarious. I posted something to Instagram saying like it was a Hanukkah miracle that he had finally discovered it. And of course I had already blocked my mother-in-law from Instagram, but apparently like one of her friends was still following me. And so I heard about it. I heard uh, uh-huh. about that I had done this from her. And how hurtful it was that I called her a gumple fart. And, you know, <laughs> to be fair, I had, I guess, kind of called her a gumple fart. But what is a gumple fart? I, I have no clue. I mean, not, I didn't even, I, I just thought it was gibberish. It is. Yeah. Uh, I think I mean somebody who can't take a joke now. But yes, at the yes. time, I, you know, it was, it was silly. <laughs> And um, so I had to kind of eat shit on that and I had to apologize and, you know, I did or whatever. Um, but I thought it was kind of going to end there and like that was going to be the whole thing. And um, 
the lesson that I learned from this whole experience wasn't really that you shouldn't do this. It was that I should tell other people how to do it and have them prank other people in their lives. (laughs) Um, So uh, I'm going to give your listeners a gift if they don't already know it. Yeah, it's how you how to text correct. Um, And this is what you're going to do. I have it. I have instructions right here that I wrote down. so, oh, also, if you know the the fuck to duck issue, yeah, you we can fix this right off the bat. You'll never have to worry about that again. You can write fuck and fucking to your heart's content, and it doesn't go duck and ducking. Correct. But question: What if you write duck? Does it turn into fuck? It absolutely does, Chad. So you got to be careful. <laughs> oh my god! I remember. My fifth grade teachers, we had team teachers, Mr. Zozel and Mr. Ellis, and they would freestyle a story for us if we got done with our homework in time. And they were fascinating storytellers. But I do remember there was one time where Mr. Ellis said, uh, and this man, he had a speech impediment. So every time that he would start a word with D, he didn't, he couldn't say D, he had to say F. So like if he would say dive, it would be five. Or if he would say duck, and before he even realized it, every one of the fifth graders was laughing. So the (laughs) fact that, the fact that parents are like, we can't let our kids watch PG-13 movies, it says shit. We all know everything so early, but we were just on him and he's a good, wholesome dude and he was so embarrassed he goes all right let's find something else to do and he just went to his desk and sat there it was pretty cool oh my god i know it was well if you want to avoid that issue of being a mr ellis or whatever his name was uh you can do this so you're gonna go to set uh, you have to have an iphone i'm assuming everyone does right yeah i would hope uh no green text here so settings general keyboard and then text replacement and you're going to go to the plus sign add a new one and you're going to want to the word you want to replace Mm -hmm. is the shortcut and the thing you're going to replace it with is the phrase okay so shortcut is the thing you want to replace and phrase is the thing you want to replace it with so So short shortcut is mom phrase is gumple fart correct yeah Shortcut is duck, phrase, fuck. Yeah. Um, or whatever you want. But, you know, that's just a functional fix you can have. Um, now, I want to explain why this is such an immense gift that I'm giving the listeners. Because uh, Max, my husband, has not, uh, as of yet, figured out how to fix <laughs> Gumblefart. And not only- I love him so much. Not only on his phone, but synced to his iPad and the very laptop in which we are using to Zoom right now. <laughs> if you type the word mom, it will say gumble fart. So for fantastic. Four years, Chad. <laughs> and he listens to the show. He's a fan of the show. And I think he's a fan of me. So maybe even if he wasn't a fan of the show, he might listen to this episode. Right. Um, but he's absolutely now going to have zero excuse, but he's certainly going to fix it. And that is over for me. And so I want, I want you to realize like sort of what I'm, I'm, I'm sacrificing to, uh, to help everyone. That is very nice of you. Now I, I have some insider trading info. This has become 
actually kind of special, so he may not fix it. True? Maybe. And I'm glad you brought that up, Moose, because it has become special. <laughs> it is, yes. <laughs> there is a silver lining. And the silver lining is I have a child. Yep. And that child um, has to call his grandparents something. Right. Nana, Pop Pop, yep. Grandma, Grandpa. Um, and when my son was probably about a month old, we were figuring out what his grandparent names are going to be. And um, my father-in-law, Ray, who, who actually recently passed away, but he would always say, uh, hi, Hudson, to my son. Mm -hmm. um, throughout our FaceTime calls, I think it's because his hearing was going, so he wasn't really like interacting with us. So he would just stay in the middle of the phone calls, like "Hiya," um, not because he was senile, but like literally that was right, the way sure. interacting with my son. Yeah. It was just, it was so omnipresent with just sort of the way he interacted. And so for me, I was like, "We gotta call Ray Hiya." Like that has to be his grandpa name. And then I was like, "What should we call?" Barbara and Max, love of my life, yep. goes, Gumple. Gotta call her Gumple. <laughs> and this woman who gave me such shit for calling her Gumple Fart is now signing gifts and letters and emails and texts <laughs> everything and referring to herself on the phone as Gumple <laughs> to my son, um, to me. She is Gumple Fart. Holy shit. She That's so funny. What she hated most. And it's so great because you did it as like a, a funny joke to mess with Max. And now it has become this actual thing. I love stories like that. I mean, uh, like, I want to be clear, you know, mother-in-law relationships can be interesting, but I think she's a pretty good sport for, um, sure. for going along with it and also embracing it. And I do think it's, you know, it is this really nice full circle history of why, like there, there's always going to be a story behind it because it's not going to ask. But the other fun thing is, is that my brother-in-law and his wife just had a daughter, but two weeks nice. ago. Nice. And uh, turns out you can't have two grandma names, so they fucking <laughs> have to call her Gumpel too. So she's Gumpel for their daughter as well. And now oh my it's God. like that's her name now. <laughs> You manifest <laughs> destinied gumple fart onto somebody. I claim the West Coast. <laughs> That's so great. As my gumple fart. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's a nice little. I mean, my friends have. I when I tell friends about this, my buddy Todd did this to his wife, where he replaced the word uh, weekend, wine, Thanksgiving plans. Like he just went through a list of five different things and replaced it on his wife's phone. And we replaced it with one of them was uh, a description of Tom Selleck's mustache and the whole thing would type out. Another one was like the medical diagnosis for GERD, like the, which is like acid reflux. Another one was an anecdote from this woman's blog that I sent him about how to churn your own butter. Oh <laughs> Just God. like, it's like this whole waxing poetic about, you know, the thing about when you churn butter, it's like, you don't actually <laughs> need a goat. <laughs> So it was like, she sends like a text, like, let's have wine with the girls. And it's just, let's have minutes an entire like diatribe about her, <laughs> her passion oh for churning butter. I mean, there's uh, really, there's so many applications that you can, you can use. It's so funny. Her. 
so I, I've also done this because Olivia's boyfriend, his name is Cole, and I call him Sweet Sweet Cole. And so I, I hate typing out Sweet Sweet when I'm talking to Olivia about when he's coming. And so I didn't realize it, but one day his parents came to a show of mine that was close to town and they texted me about it. And they were like, love the stories about the kids. We have some really great kids. I said, yep, Olivia is this. And I was writing Cole is this and didn't even pay attention. And so I sent, and sweet, sweet Cole is this. <laughs> I, I gumple farted myself. And she wrote, she just wrote back, sweet, sweet Cole, question mark. And I was like, um, I promise I don't have a crush on your son. I am but so also, sorry. Do you kind of a little bit? He's very handsome. I've seen a photo. Very handsome. I saw kid. a photo. Actually, we can talk about. I one time I babysat your kid, Olivia. Oh yeah, that's right. Because that uh, I can, saw the photo of handsome Cole. This was when they first started dating, I assume, or it was early. Yeah, it was. It was fairly early on, and you were watched because I was in New York doing shows, and you just said, "Well, we would like to practice parent on your daughter." Well, okay, so. That out of context sounds a little weird. I was pregnant at the time. Yeah. And uh, it was like fall of 2019. And Olivia was in town with you. And we're like, oh, well, during one of your shows, like our apartment happens to be on the same block as where you were performing. So like yeah. have her stay with us. That way she's not sitting in the hotel room. And we'll, you know, selfishly, we're like, let's see if <laughs> how we do. Let's see if we how have what it takes with uh Someone who's been started. Senior-old, so it's like, it's not exactly. Yeah, it, it, it is funny. Yeah, it's like it's like going to Home Depot and getting a plant, and you're like, I did this. I'm like, well, no, no, yeah. you didn't. You didn't. Yes, <laughs> yeah, started from a seed. But yeah. why don't you tell tell people what uh, what you guys did that night? Uh, I gave. Well, we both we purchased a lot of sugar. So much sugar. Uh, like massive, like big gulp Slurpees from Seven Eleven, like icy, mm -hmm. and um, and all the candy. We asked all her favorite candies, and then we got all of them. And then we put her in front of the television. And then also, <laughs> <laughs> we went and saw your show. I think we went to the Late Show, and we left her in our home by herself, by herself. And then she <laughs> made TikToks around our home. Like she yeah. went up, like, so my house has like multiple floors in it. She went upstairs and like into our guest bath and I, who knows where else, and just made TikToks in our house. Yeah, so, she sure did. She and I, I, I remember I came to get her and I saw all the candy wrappers and I was just <laughs> like, you guys are practicing parenting, huh? Because when we left, it was 1 a.m. We left your apartment and we had to walk back to the hotel and she saw a pizza place and she goes, Dad, we have to get a late night slice. That's so New York. And I'm like, aren't you tired? And she just looked at me with all pupils and just went, no, I'm not tired. Why would I be tired? I mean, I'm not tired even a little bit. We should go get some pizza. It'd be great. I just saw Aladdin, just a live action Aladdin. I mean, <laughs> it was it nuts. Aladdin. Yeah, head spinning. I thought we did a good job. The goal yeah, is to make her like us and not, and strap you with probably a burden. Right. Yeah. I think you guys were the best aunt and uncle in the world. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You guys really trained for aunt and uncle ship there. I think we've, I think we've figured out sort of a different, a different approach with our own child, but you know, yeah. it was great practice. <laughs> By the way, I did. So at my new job, cause I'm no longer your agent, but at my new job, Correct. I have a 
I had a project that I needed to know where Gen Z shops. Okay. And I asked Olivia, I texted her. Oh, really? Yeah. She left me on red for a day. So that was cool. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, actually, it, guess what? It is just like you're her parent then. Uh, she does that to me all the time. Well, uh, here's what, here's like what happened. Dad. Yeah, I know. I'll be left on red for two days. Totally fine. I don't respond to her within the hour and I just get, are you alive? All caps. It's the craziest shit. That's parenting, right? I know it is. I know it is. Um, she left me on red for a day. Then she, she finally got back to me. She was super helpful. And then I was like, by the way, I'm recording your dad's podcast. Do you have any shit? Like I can like any shade that I should share. And she, she had your back. She said she got nothing. Oh, good. Yeah, she didn't give me any dirt. Well, that's nice, but she knows that I owe her 20 bucks now, so that's probably why. <laughs> you know I love those two stories, and you know I love the fact that you watched Olivia and that she was at your place and, and um, you know, just introducing my personal life into my professional life. I don't always love to do it, but with you and Max, that came very easily, and so um, I appreciate you doing that. I, I also, and this is going to be... Uh, probably a little much. It might be thickening it up here. But um, for a long time, since I was a little kid, I wanted to be a comedian, right? And so, uh, and I and I was. I was a comedian. I was on the road. I was doing shows. But when I, when you and I teamed up, um, you you made it so being a comedian really felt like, so my name was on the marquee. People were actually coming out to see me you helped drive all of that you helped book all of that and uh and i remember one day i think i texted you it's like this is the first day i actually feel like a real comedian because you know you kind of go into these places where people kind of you know it could be anybody and then and then i was actually having shows where people would say hey look who it is and i, I it was it blew my mind and so um looking back at Tacoma, sitting on the hotel bed, having that conversation with you is like probably one of the best hours of my life because it changed the trajectory of my career and really let me see what you can do in this business. And, uh, and I think we did it in a way that, you know, we didn't, we weren't dicks about it. We, we didn't run anybody over. We didn't, we didn't use people, other people to climb our way up. We just, we just kind of did it. And it, it, I remember one time, I don't know if you remember this. I was in Cleveland and you showed up and agents, by the way, agents don't normally show up well, to sh out I of mean, town shows. So the context of that, well, first of all, it was your first show back from having hip surgery right, on the road. And I mean, you'd done a show at Fargo. And I, oh man, I got you that pink cane. I know it's, so it's rich. a bedazzled pink cane. I still have it. It's in my office. Um, well, I'm glad cause it was way more expensive. <laughs> than it should have been. But I remember Cleveland was, so I thought we had something potentially special and it was, you had this X factor of you weren't just a comedian. You had all these, these audio releases and now, now I'm going to say nice stuff about you. Uh, oh, the fans are going to hate it. I mean, but are they? That's okay. I think they're going to like it. I did talk fine. about your body dysmorphia. Oh, yeah, that's true. Which is Thank very you. real. 
Yes. Very real. I'm working uh, on it. <laughs> but uh, we, I remember with Cleveland, like I, I knew you were, I knew you were special. I knew you had this potential to be doing, to be selling real tickets and to be sort of this, this bigger than life personality, just based on just knowing you and this sort of this mag magnetic quality that you have on stage and in person. And I was really excited about that, but you know, it wasn't really, it wasn't really proven. And then you went and, you know, got old and ruined your hip and then you weren't touring, but you finally came back. It was, it was February and I flew to Cleveland's. Um, so that's a, that's a move. I, that was, that was pretty cool of me. And now that I, yeah, it was, I yes, mean, it was pretty cool. And I remember my flight was delayed too. And I, I stayed at the airport and I, I went, <laughs> God, man, I'm a good person. That was really nice of me. No, but I get to Cleveland and, um, the showroom is packed and not only was it packed there were people waiting online to see you afterwards and they waited a long long time and it was really really cool because we had had these kind of in-depth conversations about you know the challenges of what you were doing of, of working as a comedian from a small town and i mean i know you like to tell yourself that like oh the internet and you can just fly everywhere but like no you made a you made a really difficult decision to run your career from fergus and from you know rural minnesota and uh that had consequences but in that moment in cleveland i could see that it didn't matter that you had brought this really special thing to that city. And um, I remember talking to Nick and Sam, who are uh, the managers and owners of, of um, Pickwick, oh God, I'm, I'm blanking Polarity. on the Polarities, jeez. Okay. Sam and first of all, Nick is the most in shape 85 year old ever. He's like, he could beat you up. Oh I, yeah, I don't talk shit to him ever. He, but he's also like the nicest, kindest man. The right, entire exactly. staff there, it's just a great, great place. And Sam is yeah. just, he's lovely. Yeah. Um, but I remember talking to them afterwards and renegotiating your deal. And, <laughs> and they, <laughs> but they, you know, they didn't find me too hard because they saw how special you were doing. And I, I just remember that moment when, you know, presenting you a check and getting you to sort of see that this hard work had paid off. And I, I mean, I shed a tear and, um, yeah, I remember that. And it was just really, really cool. It felt really good that I had, you know, listen, there's the cynical side of being an agent. There's the competitive side. There's the industry side. I mean, probably people have seen entourage and like, that's real. Sure. Sure. And then there's the human side. And, mm -hmm. um, I definitely, saw the human side of how important this was and how cool this was and how impactful it was. And, you know, you earned it, man. I'm just, I'm really hoping this pandemic goes away and all your listeners get vaccinated and also wear masks. And I don't give a shit if I say that because, sure. uh, cause it'd be really nice to, to see you doing more of it. I don't know. I feel like that was probably not the best content for a podcast. Um, but no, I, but it was, I, really uh, you. I mean, I, I remember it because it was the, it was just the first time that, um, the first time on the road where it made sense to me, where people, 
were waiting online and 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 coming in and it really felt like oh this is this is i've seen this happen to my friends this is great and so it was great and then to have you there and to and to share it with you was was fantastic and so um i guess i i wanted to have you on the podcast because i just wanted everyone to know that you had such a huge hand in it and uh, I just wanted to say thank you so much because it did change the trajectory of not only my career, but uh, also my life. And uh, I'm so incredibly thankful uh, that that you were part of it. And uh, I'm serious. And I can't wait. Uh, can't wait for our next bench talk. I got to go. I got to go. Damn it. <laughs> Hey, if you guys like this, uh, there will be a new episode next Monday and every single Monday at 8 a.m. So click the subscribe button so your phone sends it to you without having to do any work.